Educate for Life on AM 1170. The answer is sponsored by EducateForLife.org. This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover on AM 1170. The answer, Educate for Life, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you, what you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. Now, uh, last week I promised that we would um, be talking to uh, something that's been talking to a, a guest who's been in the news recently. Um, his name is Mark Armitage. And... Um, He's been in the news, uh, kind of a controversial issue, but let me tell you a little bit about him before, uh, before I bring him on here. Uh, he, earned, he earned a BS in education from Liberty University. He has an MS in biology. Um, he uh, was taught under Richard Lumsden uh, from Tulane University, and he graduated with an EDS in science education from Liberty, and he's also a doctoral candidate there. In 1984, he founded a microscope excuse me, sales and service company, and he's been in business for 29 years. He was awarded a U.S. patent for an optical inspection device in 1993. His micrographs have appeared on the covers of 11 scientific journals. He has many technical publications on microscopic phenomena, and, uh, including journals in American Laboratory, uh, South California, Southern California Academy of Sciences Bulletin, and others. And... Um, uh, he's he, he's taught also as a professor at uh, Azusa Pacific University and California State University Northridge. Uh, he has an electron microscopy laboratory at the Creation Research Society Van Andel Creation Research Center in Arizona, and he's still producing publications. And until just recently, he served as the manager for the electron and confocal microscopy suite in the biology department at California State University of Northridge. But he was recently terminated by the biology department. And why was he terminated? You might This is a strange reason to be terminated, but he discovered soft tissues in a triceratops horn. And he published, uh, he, this was published in a scientific journal. And... Um, I'll let you let him explain to you why he was fired for finding soft tissues in a triceratops horn, which is a pretty unusual finding. Usually when you think of a triceratops horn, you think of, uh, you know, some ancient fossil that uh, is, is all um, stone or, or mineral, right? Um, but here he has actual bone from this triceratops, uh, something right out of Jurassic Park, like. And um, currently he's in a legal uh, action for wrongful termination, uh, religious discri discrimination with the university. Uh, Mark, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate uh, you having me and uh, looking forward to talking with your audience. Fantastic. Well, why don't we start off with just um, maybe people getting to know you a little bit better and how you came into, um, you know, the, the area you're in with micro with microscopes and also with uh, digging up dinosaur bones and so forth. Um, how did you come into this? Uh, if you could start with, you know, just even uh, back as far as when you were in high school or whatever. Well, it's a long and winding road, but uh, uh, I was a troubled teen. I was acting out and uh, getting involved with drugs and uh, chasing girls and, you know, all the crazy things that uh, messed up teens do, and I was certainly in that category. And uh, uh, one year, and, and I grew up in Puerto Rico, so it was a kid's uh, playground. I mean, surfing, diving, uh, snorkeling, sailboating. You know, there were so many water sports that I was involved in, but uh, certainly a troubled teen. And my dad decided, uh, you know what, let's, let's send him to a science camp for the summer. So he sent me up to the National Youth Science Foundation camp uh, off the coast of Portland, Maine, on Great Diamond Island, where uh, I learned about microscopes, and I started using microscopes to uh, look at the plankton uh, that we captured up there. And so I got bit, as it were, by the microscope bug. Uh, I think I was about 16, uh, maybe 15 at that point. So that that is the beginning of my, my microscopy career. And, of course, um, I've been in a career with, in microscopes for over, over 30 years. I've worked for Carl Zeiss. I've worked for Olympus, 
I worked for Reichert, all the big ones, and then, as you mentioned, I started my own microscope company back in 84, and I uh, have kept that running for that amount of time. But, uh, but as a troubled teen, um, you know, I grew, grew up into a troubled young man, <laughs> and um, the, the girl chasing and the drug uh, uh, pursuits continued, and um, uh, as a freshman, I went to school in New Jersey, at a school called Fairleigh Dickinson University because they had a marine science lab down in St. Croix. And I thought, wow, you know, that'd be cool to work there in marine science. And, uh, and, uh, but uh, the, the, coming from Puerto Rico, the winters in New Jersey nearly killed me. <laughs> I transferred to the University of Florida. And, uh, and my girlfriend, who was a year behind me, uh, came, came to the University of Florida. And after about uh, two weeks of walking around and, and looking at all these gorgeous guys on the University of Florida campus, she dropped me, and uh, and so. But I, it's a funny story because I kept I kept chasing after girls, and uh, I would move in with them, and then they would go to this church there, and they'd get converted to Christ, and uh, <laughs> and throw me out. And so this happened three or four times, and and finally. You know, I had enough of this, this church uh, ruining my lifestyle. So, so I decided to go there and give them a piece of my mind. And, uh, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, I was hit between the eyes, you know, with a gospel like a two-by-four. And uh, within, within a few weeks, I had turned my life over to Christ. And, uh, and uh, it's interesting. Um, uh, I think my family preferred me a cussing, smoking, drug-taking, long-haired freak because, um, you know, when I came back home, uh, with my hair cut and my language cleaned up and no longer smoking and uh, doing drugs and chasing girls, uh, they kind of threw me out of the family. So, so um, I, had to, I had to start working uh, in labs at the University of Florida and, uh, and got into uh, a microscope lab there and then uh, was hired away by Carl Zeiss, uh, and that began my, uh, my microscopy career now, were uh, you, back, back were in the you, 70s. Were you, Mark, were you um, thinking about the big issues of life regarding origins and these sorts of things when you were, um, you know, prior to accepting Christ? You, were you thinking uh, ev- in evolutionary terms, in creation terms? Were you thinking well, about God at all, or what, what were you thinking well, of about? Of I was, I, was, uh, I was a scientist. I was being trained as a scientist. I was deeply steeped in evolution, and... And uh, and I dragged that into my Christianity with me, and uh, and, and it bothered me. It, it bothered my conscience. It bothered my heart because here I was, uh, I was fully committed to millions of years and evolution. And you know, I'd read the creation story and think, "Oh, come on, this is." And I didn't deal with it. I basically just stuffed it. And um, another interesting story. It was it was through a series of people uh, who who gently pointed me in the direction of the materials in creation science, and I thought, well, you know what, I'll just look at them. And, uh, and again, I was hit between the eyes by the amount of material available. Uh, and so then I went out, and, uh, and I bought about $900 worth of creation materials to study it all, and, and that became my, uh, the beginning of my career in creation science. Ah, so, yeah, I, you know, I noticed on, in your testimony that I read online that you, um, you mentioned Richard Lumsden, which I, who I actually brought up last week uh, on the show, um, and I, I, put his, um, I posted his, a little bit of his testimony on Facebook. Uh, if anybody's listening who's interested, it's a, an amazing testimony that he gives about how here he is a very... Uh, atheistic evolutionary professor who was actually convinced uh, through a three-hour discussion by one of his students that uh, evolution didn't make sense. And um, now when you studied under Richard, uh, were you already a committed uh, Christian creationist at that, at that point in time? Yes, I was. And, uh, of course, Doc Lumsden, as I referred to him, uh, was a, an expert, world-class microscopist. He, uh, he knew uh, uh, transmission electron microscopy, scanning electron microscopy, and all of the tissue preparation. And, and what we say in, in this field is that 90% of what you do for microscopy is tissue preparation. You, you have to walk these tissues through a very careful series of steps uh, in order to get them under the microscope. You can't just throw anything under the microscope and, and start taking pictures of it. I mean, you can, but it won't be, it won't be uh, uh, you know, what you're really looking for. So, mm, so Very he, interesting, huh? Yeah. So I spent a lot of time with him. I spent two years uh, with him uh, learning tissue processing, learning the art of electron microscopy, and, uh, and it, it launched my career in, in electron microscopy. Okay. Now, when we come back, what we're, what we're, look, we're talking with um, my guest, a very special guest, Dr. Mark Armitage. And he, um, I'm sorry, Mark Armitage, you're working on your PhD, is that correct? 
Well, I'm currently, uh, that's on a back burner right now because okay. of the soft tissue in, in uh, dinosaur bone. This is really uh, shot off like a rocket. So I'm yeah. concentrating on this, mostly because, you know, things like Jurassic World are coming out and people are being mm. lied to. Yeah. Uh, we've got all these millennials staring at their little screens, and uh, this is a game changer. This yeah. is one thing that we can get through on their screens and get their attention because they're being fed these lies that are leading yeah. them away from the Lord. When, so, we, when we come back, we're going to be talking with Mark Armitage about soft tissue in dinosaur bones that are supposedly millions of years old. So um, stay with us. We'll be right back. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family owned. Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. AM 1170, The Answer, on iHeartRadio, free, 24-7. Take AM 1170, The Answer, with you everywhere. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org, and you can listen to a recording of this show on Monday, tomorrow, um, on my website if you like. And uh, we also podcast the show on iTunes, so feel free to check us out there. My guest today is Mark Armitage, who uh, recently discovered a triceratops horn with uh, soft tissue in it, meaning it's not fossilized. And he's not the first one to discover this. If you've uh, looked into this at all, you know that uh, there was a huge controversy that was uh, set off by Dr. Mary Schweitzer, who discovered a T-Rex bone that was supposedly 68 million years old. And she um, found uh, bone cells, uh, 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 red blood cells, uh, soft tissues inside the bone. And people said, this is impossible. She must have contaminated the bone. She must have contaminated the, the specimen. And we can't trust this. But uh, over and over again, uh, they, they looked at this tissue. It was looked at by many, many different people. And all, all, ultimately, um, they detected proteins uh, like collagen, hemoglobin, and, and so forth. And and it became irrefutable that they had found soft tissue in this T-Rex bone. And she also found a hadrosaur bone with the same thing. This was back in um, between 2005, 2007, uh, this, this took off. And now the, the secular community, which says, hey, this is impossible, is now trying to figure out how soft tissues last for millions of years. And um, so, uh, Mark, uh, I wanted to pick up where we left off here, and uh, you know, you're you're focused on this because, uh, like you said, in, in the media, in the news, in the in the inter entertainment industry, you have uh, movies like Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World is coming out, and in that, you know, it. it it promotes the idea that dinosaurs went extinct millions of years ago, and you are saying no. Uh, the evidence actually is contrary to that. What uh, can you explain that some more? Well, it is. I mean, uh, we're we're finding soft tissue, and I, by by we're I mean scientists all over the planet. We're finding tissue, soft tissue in uh, in areas all over the planet. Some uh, you know from deep deep time, uh, which I maintain does not exist. And so, uh, yeah, no. This, this and, and I've made the prediction. You know, Bill and I got up in front of Canham and he said creations don't make predictions. And so I've been making a prediction and putting it out in the scientific uh, literature that that. Uh, soft tissue and dinosaur remains is the norm rather than the, the exception, and that's what I'm out to prove. That's why we're going on these digs and finding. In fact, last summer we went and we found uh, we found other triceratops uh, bones. We found the frill, which is the big plate behind the skull, and it was loaded with soft tissue, soft cells. And these are these are cells. These are beautiful cells called osteocytes, which maintain the bone, manufacture the bone, replace the bone, and they're unmistakable. I mean, they're a diagnostic cell. Anyway, 
microscopist who looks at it says, yeah, that's an osteocyte. And, and, and uh, Dr. Schweitzer found inside of the nucleus, in fact, inside of the nucleolus of those cells, she found proteins that are, uh, that, that are DNA-wrapping proteins. And then she found actin in human. Uh, tubulin, which are directly related to the dinosaur, and so these these are original proteins, uh, and it's crazy. These proteins can't last uh, more than a hundred thousand years at the best. I mean that, and that's in a deep freeze. So for us to be finding these things, then you have to understand the horn that we found, uh, you know, was was uh, upended. It was it had been ripped away from the skull, and so it's highly vascular, and it was it was pointed down the sharp end, pointed down. In, uh, and this is three feet below the surface of the of the of the soil there in Montana, so it was subject to the freeze thaw cycle. It, it had water flowing through it. It had tons of microbes in it. And we did a blast DNA analysis, and we found microbes. We found rodent, uh, uh, insect, plants, fungal, uh, hyphae. I mean, all this stuff, and yet. We found these huge, uh, stretchy, uh, soft fiber bone tissues. So okay, wait, wait, Mark. Crazy. So, so for our audience here, I, I mean, this is pretty uh, astounding. I mean, I, most people are completely unaware of what you're saying right now. So, when you say that you found insects nearby and, and these sorts of things, what you're saying is that uh, if uh, this should have all been eaten away, is that what you're saying? Exactly, because you know the, the, the thing that Mary Schweitzer and some of the other scientists were going after were long bones. They were going after these femurs, which are highly encapsulated by by huge pieces of compact bone. And so when we went to Montana, that's what we were looking for. We were looking for long bones. And by the end of the third day, we hadn't found any. We found this horn, and we, when we finally rolled it over and took it out of the ground, it fractured into a bunch of pieces. It was wet. It had mud on it. And I thought, I, I was really depressed. I thought, no, oh, we're not going to find anything in this, and yet we found these big sheets of soft fibrillar bone in there, which shouldn't be there. So, that, so this is just more evidence that there's no way this could be millions of years old because it would have decomposed, it would have uh, been eaten by scavengers, it would have just been torn apart by, you know, by nature over time. Exactly, and Dr. Schweitzer has done a recent paper, and everybody's harped on this. In fact, even even Jurassic Park has jumped on this, and she did a blood experiment where she she took ostrich blood and, and she spun it down in a centrifuge, and she took out all the platelets, all the white cells, all the proteins in the blood that would cause that blood to clot. In fact, before she even did that, she used EDTA as an anticoagulant to keep the blood from clotting, and, and then she she took out all the red blood cells and purified those and split those open and then she soaked some tissue in that on the laboratory bench for two years and Eureka, they declared, you know, irons, uh, uh, you know, preserves this this uh, soft tissue. And that, now everybody's running around saying that. And this, the, the soft sheets of fibular bone that I found never come in contact with the blood. And so her explanation is no explanation at all when it comes to the bone tissues. Okay, uh, so know. that's very interesting. So... Um, you're arguing that obviously this is very young and to explain to our listeners um, why this is so significant from a perspective and that is that if we take a literal reading of the Bible you end up with a a time frame that the uh, creation started right around 4,000 years ago and uh, what we're saying I'm sorry 6,000 6,000 I'm sorry 6,000 years ago is what I meant 4,000 BC is what I meant but but we're looking at you know based off of the genealogies in the Bible um, you're looking at that so you're, you're looking at a creation that's thousands of years old not millions of years old and what we're arguing here is that the the biblical account is a historical narrative not a, a mythical fiction and so the question is, is, is there actual evidence for uh, the claims that the Bible is a historical account all the way back to Genesis with Adam and Eve and all these others? Because if the, if, if the animals were all created in that six-day week, um, then we would expect that the dinosaurs, uh, we would have evidence for that. And, and we don't see dinosaurs walking around, obviously, today. But the argument is that they went extinct recently, not millions of years ago. Uh, that's the ramification here of, of these finds that you're... you're uh, you're looking into is that right correct yeah if if 
if dinosaur remains in the fossil record, and you, you mentioned early on that these were bones. These were not mineralized. In fact, we were able to dissolve these in a weak acid, so that means they were never mineralized. They're, they're actual bone. They're actual remains in the ground that never fossilized. So they're not fossils. They're bones. But if, but if these fossils or these bones you know, scattered across the earth are full of soft tissues, then they have to be young. And if they're young, the deposits that they're found in are young. And if the, the deposits are young, then the earth is young. And if the earth is young, then suddenly Genesis becomes a believable account of real history. And, and that's what the evolutionists are fearing. This is a game changer. Wow. Because it shows uh, the, the young people that, that, that have been lied to that there's evidence that the earth is young. And if the earth is young, then we have a creator and, and we're in trouble until we give our lives to Jesus Christ and mm. accept what he did for us on the cross. I mean, it's a free, fabulous gift, uh, but, but people whose hearts are turned against God are fighting this because they know this is a game changer. Yeah, it really just establishes an incredible amount of uh, validity and credibility uh, to the accounts that are written in the Bible, which, I mean, from, I've had uh, Dr. Scott uh, Stripling from the... Um, Biblical Archaeology uh, Society on uh, not too long ago, who was giving all the evidence from archaeology that the history recorded in the Bible is true. But this is actually um, essentially evidence from nature from, uh, you know, from dinosaurs that uh, the biblical account is also true. Um, so we're seeing uh, multiple uh, testimonies to the truth of the the historical claims of uh, Scripture. Is that is that right? Yeah, there are multiple lines of evidence. Uh, you know, the, the helium in the granites, the yeah. radio halos in the rocks, the well, that's radio the, halos in diamonds. Yeah, I mean, that's what I want to talk about next. And I know in your in your research, you've actually uh, seen radio halos in diamonds. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about that when we come back. Um, my guest today is Mark Armitage, who uh, recently found a triceratops bone that was not fossilized, just actual bone, uh, which is just a gigantic find in um, in paleontology. So we'll be right back and continue our discussion with Mark Armitage. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Wake up, America. Diets don't work. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and most of us have dutifully dieted our way there. Research indicates the average woman spends 17 years of her life on a diet. Stop dieting. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Activate the miracle and lose weight permanently with healing foods. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego. Every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m., you can tune in and hear all kinds of interesting discussions um, talking about whether the biblical worldview is viable or not. Um, is the Bible an actual book of history? Uh, is it something we can trust our lives with, or is it a mythical tale? And um, today we have a very special guest, Mark Armitage, on the radio. And uh, this show is being recorded, by the way, if you want to listen to it on educateforlife.com. Org. Tomorrow you can. You can share it with your friends. And I, I would love your feedback, too. If this show has been a blessing to you, if it's, it's inspired you or encouraged you, uh, connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, email, whatever the case, whatever you can. Um, I also want to give you, Mark, a chance to promote your website because um, you're in a in a current legal battle over the fact that you found uh, a triceratops bone that was not fossilized. You wrote up about it and then the university um, let you go. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and, and how people can support you? 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, the position that I held at California State University Northridge was a it was a dream job. It was it was uh, it was a pinnacle of career kind of job where I ran a million dollar laboratory with electron. In fact, I built the laboratory from scratch. I moved electron microscopes in there and got them running. I moved a almost half a million dollar confocal microscope in there. Uh, they sent me to the factory in Pennsylvania uh, for a whole week of training. So I became the expert on this confocal microscope. And, uh, and there were so many students signing up for training. Uh, and I only ha- they could only afford me for two, two days a week. So I went in two full 10-hour days a week, and I worked actually many more hours than that. Uh, and it was a bottleneck, and so they were they were asking me to work more hours. They were asking me to work more days. They were asking me to train an assistant who could work when I wasn't there because there was such a huge demand for this laboratory. And and part of my responsibilities were, as I mentioned early on, tissue processing is ninety percent of microscopy. And so if you, if you look at the job description, it talked about having journeyman level knowledge of tissue processing. And so my job was to teach them on all aspects of animal tissue. And not all of them respond the same to the protocols that you use to prepare them for microscopy and all plant tissues. And again, not all of them respond the same. They respond differently depending upon the kind of tissue. And so ancient tissue would fall into that category. And so when I found this soft tissue, it became part of my job to teach them how to process ancient tissues for microscopy, that was in my job description, mm. um, and so so we you know the, we went to the Hell Creek Formation in the summer of 2012. We discovered this horn; it became part of my teaching. And uh, and during the summer, I had a professor storm into my laboratory. In fact, my laboratory was was behind an Omnicode lock. In other words, you had to punch numbers into the door to get into my laboratory, and not all the faculty had access. I mean, that's how. Uh, important this laboratory was, and I had complete control over who got access to this laboratory. So one day, the outside door, there was a banging on it, so I opened it up, and this professor, Dr. Kwok, stormed in, pointed his finger in my face, and said, we're not going to tolerate your religion in this department. And I said, well, I I think you've just committed a federal crime, uh, number one, and number two, let's talk about this. And so, but it was was not a great meeting. It didn't end well. And uh, my boss came in and put his arm around me and said, you know what, you're doing a great job, just ignore this. The chair of the department came in and put his arm around me and said, don't worry about it, this isn't an issue. Well, Dr. Kwok ended up becoming my supervisor on the EM Confocal Laboratory Committee, and he terminated me. And so, and this was after the publication. And so what was he so upset about? What was he, what was he so, why, why was he firing you? Well, the only thing I could figure is that because dinosaur soft tissue is such a game changer, these students were learning that, hey, there's an alternate explanation to the age of these organisms and evolution and, and all that, because if dinosaurs are young, you don't have enough time for evolution to take place. Evolution needs deep time, and of course, that's what these students are steeped in. And so this, is a, this, this changes that whole philosophy, and, and the whole house of cards of evolution comes crashing down if they don't have deep time. They need time. Yeah. Uh, in order to get in order in order in order for it to have any plausibility. Now the question becomes, you know, um there might be some skeptics in the audience that are saying, well, you know, uh, maybe maybe uh, th- these tissues can last millions of years. I've heard um, a while ago people were calling it biofilm and saying it's it's not actual soft tissue. But here with yours, I mean, that that's pretty much impossible to assert. But Well, it's impossible on several fronts. Number one, uh, the fact that, you know, they, they say it's biofilm, that's, that's a contamination claim. Well, these bacteria that feed on these things make this biofilm, and now they're expecting me to believe that the biofilm, Film, which is a sugary-based mass left behind from the back by the bacteria that actually replicated these cells down to the finest detail. And we're talking, I'm, I'm measuring things under 200 nanometers, beautiful structures. These cells are so beautiful. When I presented at, at a big meeting in Hartford, Connecticut uh, last summer, a professor came up to me and said, because the cells look alive, she said, I want to work with you to culture these cells. That's how alive these things look. And so a biofilm is not going to replicate that, number one. And number two, now we're expected to believe that the biofilm lasted 68 million years. Yeah. <laughs> Just hogwash. So yeah. 
there's no explanation for this other than the fact that this stuff has to be young. The iron can't preserve this stuff. This stuff decays under normal conditions very rapidly. I mean, we've all buried a pet in the backyard, and you wouldn't expect after 20 years to go dig up your pet and find all this soft tissue in it, because these things break down. They decay, and there's all kinds of organisms that whose job it is to break this stuff down. So why is this in the fossil record? Yeah, so, so can you explain to us, uh, Mark, why, you know, where are they getting this 65, 68 million years? And why is there such a contradiction here? I mean, you've got, you're arguing, um, and based on the evidence we see, your argument makes sense, um, that this dinosaur only went extinct, you know, thousands of years ago versus they're, they're saying 65, 68 million years ago. Where are they getting their dates from for these ages? And, and if, if we were just to look at strictly at the evidence, uh, I mean, we all have access to the same evidence. So it's not like creationists have different evidence than evolutionists. The question is, why such uh, discrepancy if, uh, if we're both looking at the same evidence? Where, where are they getting these 65 million years old from? Well, it's interesting. If you pull out, pull out a 1950s geology college textbook, you notice that the age of the Earth is one billion years or less. And now here it is, 2015, and the age of the Earth is 4.5 or 4.6, you know, pushing 5 billion years. How has the age of the Earth, uh, you know, gone, quintupled uh, in the last, you know, 60, 70 years? It's because they need time, and, and they use, you know, I'm not an expert on dating, but they use index fossils. They know certain fossils are going to occur in certain layers. And so these, these numbers were arbitrarily set you know, over the last 50, 60, 70 years, because the, the, the more they look at these uh, layers, the more they realize, oh, crud, we need more time. And so they punch more time into it. Okay, it, so you're, you're saying this is driven more by a paradigm, by a, uh, uh, you know, a premise uh, of evolution than it is by the evidence itself. You're saying it's the, the time frames are not driven by evidence. They're driven more by uh, a necessity for that philosophical uh, position to to be right, realized right, because radiometric dating is fraught with problems. First of all, you don't know that the rate was constant over the entire time because nobody was standing there observing it. Number two, you don't know that these things aren't influenced by external influences like like water washing in some uranium salts or washing out some uranium salts, and so and these things dissolve in water, and so they're salts, and so uh, there's all kinds of assumptions made when radiometric dating is. In fact, when you date something in a radiometric dating lab, you get a range of dates, and you ha they have to ask you, well, which, which date are you looking for? And then they say, oh, yeah, we got that date. But these dinosaur uh, bones that we've dated, they're dating out at 30,000, 20,000 years. Um, you know, if you look up Hugh Miller Paleo Group, he gives you a whole list of dates for these um, same fossils taken out of Hell Creek and other places that are dating 30,000, 40,000, 20,000 years. And so, yeah, you know, there's yeah. plenty of evidence that these things are young. Well, we're going to pick up with Mark Armitage right when we come back. Very uh, amazing discussion. And uh, we'll, we'll find out from him how the court case is going and whether he's going to be able to get his job back or not uh, when we come back. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. This is AM 1170, The Answer. 
Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. And my website is educateforlife.org. On my website, there's all kinds of classes. You can take online classes that all have to do with things like uh, evolution versus creation, um, how to deal with the issues of uh, abortion, how do you respond to somebody that's pro-abortion. Uh, and we're looking at the logical arguments against abortion. Um, how, do you, how do we deal with the issue of, uh, the, in our culture, the culture war over same-sex marriage and, and uh, these sorts of issues. Well, I deal with uh, subjects like um, it, how do we know the Bible is true? What about, you know, who put the books of the Bible in there? Who uh, wrote the books of the Bible? Uh, why were set certain books of the Bible left out? We deal with all that kind of stuff in my uh, classes. And um, today, Mark Armitage is on the show with us, and uh, his specialty is uh, microscopy. And uh, he's an expert in this area, been doing this for a really long time. And the controversy over him is that he's found a... a uh, dinosaur bone, a triceratops bone with soft tissue in it. And Mark, um, what's happening currently in that court case? You were let go from uh, uh, University of California at Northridge, and you you were let go because uh, you said that this gave evidence for a young earth. And uh, and yet, uh, so, so who is representing you and what's happening so far in that court case? Right. Uh, before I talk about that, if you may, let me go back to something that we were going to discuss in the last segment. And yeah. How to contact me and get information. Um, I have a, a blog and a Facebook page and a YouTube channel all uh, called Backyard Microscope. So if you go to backyardmicroscope.com, uh, and if you, uh, that, that's the blog, and you can go to Facebook slash Backyard Microscope, and you can go to YouTube and search Backyard Microscope. And so we've got, you know, three prongs there of information to get out to people. I also have another YouTube channel on Facebook uh, at facebook.com, mark.armitage.98, and uh, more of the hard-hitting videos are there. We produced a book called Old Stretchy, the Dinosaur Bone Cell and the Adventure of the Triceratops Horn. comes with a DVD, shows you actual tissues under the microscope, several microscopes, and so, um, but you can contact me that way and get more information. Great, and we'll uh, post that on our site, too, on, on educateforlife.org, um, just so people awesome. can have ac- access to that. Thank you. Uh, I also have a GoFundMe project, uh, and uh, it's GoFundMe.com slash T5ZBHS. You'll have that, I think, on your website. And the thing is, I'm up against million-dollar laboratories, you know, with, with 10, 15 technicians all working under several PhDs, you know, assaulting this thing and trying to find answers that sound reasonable to the population, like, the, oh, the iron, uh, you know, preserved it. And, and you know, I have a, my own microscope lab. I'm no longer at the Creation Research Society, but I do have my own transmission and scanning electron microscopes and plenty of light microscopes. But I, I need funds to keep this stuff running and to go, go back out there. We went, went back, back out there last summer and we found the frill I told you about, full of soft tissue. We found a, a condyle, which is a softball-based fossil uh, sorry, bone at the base of the skull of the triceratops. That's at the base of the skull where it connects to the vertebral column, loaded with soft tissues. Wow. I've been presenting at scientific conferences, so, but I need help. I, I, you know, these microscopes are expensive to run. Okay, the lawsuit. Um, we did file a wrongful termination lawsuit uh, against the university, and uh, I, I can't say much about it. I can say that things are going very well. Uh, so that's very encouraging because there's been, I think in the past, there's been a hundred or so creationists who sued uh, in situations like this, and they've all been ruled against. But so far, it doesn't look like it's going to go that way, but I can't really say more uh, about that. But, you know, it's open season on Christians, on people of faith, on people who believe the Bible. You can criticize, throw them away, uh, kick them out, you know, demonize them. But if you're another religion you know, Muslim or whatever, uh, you're, you're adored. And so things are really upside down in this country. But, but I, I do need prayer. Uh, I'm, I'm working with the Pacific Justice Institute, which is a great group of uh, pro bono lawyers. In, uh, they have several offices in, in California. But uh, Brad Dacus is the president, and uh, they're doing um, uh, tremendous things uh, to preserve our rights. And we're seeing our rights being taken away from us left and right these days. Yeah, it's incredible that, uh, you know, I was talking about this last week, that it almost seems uh, uh, that some people with their evolutionary views, they're very dogmatic. It's not about the evidence almost. It's it's more um, we have to uphold this 
evolutionary perspective. And we don't want any contrary opinions to even be allowed to be discussed. And it's a very strange thing uh, where you hear often secularists rail against um, people who are religious and say, hey, you guys are just dogmatic. Uh, you won't listen to anything that's contrary to what you believe. And and uh, yet this seems to be something that's going on in the evolutionary um, realm right now uh, is dogmatism, um, just complete uh, ig- uh, just ignoring any evidence to the con- that doesn't support that particular viewpoint. Yeah, they won't tolerate any contrary int- uh, evidence or any person who promotes it. And so uh, it really is a double standard. And, you know, Doc Lumsden used to tell me, my boy, don't be afraid of where your science takes you. And in this case, my, my science has taken me to soft bones and soft tissues and dinosaur bones that are not fossilized in the fossil record, which means Genesis is believable. And, you know, the, the evolution is those hardcore stiff-necked uh, evolutionists, that, that's not my target audience. My target audience is people who are really searching for truth, who really want to know. And, and my advice to you, if you're searching for truth, don't just parrot what other people tell you. Go read, study for yourself. Find out for yourself. That's what I did. And, and you know, the, the bottom line is, this is, this is about about people coming to Christ. I mean, we're in a battle in this world uh, over religion. We're in a battle for for the hearts of men and women. And, and if soft dinosaur tissues are per- prominent throughout the, the, the fossil record in the earth, then the, the Bible can be believed. It, it can be trusted. It's a book of truth, and you can, you can surrender. You can give your life to Jesus Christ and, and not worry, because He is there. There is a Creator who, lo- who made us, who loves us, who wants, who's preparing a place for us in heaven after we leave this godless, horrible world. Um, and so my advice is study these things for yourself. Talk to God. Uh, you know, he listens. He's ready to listen to you. You don't have to know some fancy prayer. Just tell him, hey, Lord, I know you're there. I need help. I want to give my life to you, and he will change your life. I guarantee you. That's fantastic. And I, I want to encourage you also, um, Mark said, you know, do your own research. There are some fantastic sites out there that offer thousands of articles on this this sort of issue. If you're the kind of person that wants to do that research, um, I encourage you to um, objectively read articles on, for example, creation.com. I encourage you to check out icr.org. You can also check out Answers in Genesis. Um, These are some fantastic sites. There's also some great sites uh, like uh, CARM, C-A-R-M. There's also a Greg Kokel site. There's so many sites out there that offer uh, this perspective. And um, what you want to do is look at those perspectives and say, hey, which hypothesis here makes the most sense? Which lines up with the evidence that I have? And uh, uh, I I encourage you also to do that. Uh, We have... People are free to contact me. I answer all emails. This is not about me. This work is not about me. Mm. This work is about getting the truth out there and showing people that there is a God who loves us, who created us, and uh, if you need answers, I'm happy to answer all emails. And, and, and his uh, website is backyardmicroscope.com if you want to contact Mark Armitage. Um, and uh, awesome, awesome guy with incredible knowledge and experience in this area. So um, when we come back, we have one more segment to go. We're going to continue to s- discuss this with Mark and uh, just get some more information about uh, this perspective and these, these finds that are happening all over the world where they're finding dinosaur bones that are either unfossilized, actual bone still, or they're finding red blood cells, soft tissue inside the bones. And this is happening more and more uh, frequently. Uh, We will be right back. Wake up, America. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and it's not your fault. End the guilt, frustration, and pain. Stop dieting, starving, and depriving yourself. Free yourself from the bondage of feeling trapped in your body. Forgive yourself. Achieve permanent weight loss with healing foods. You can love food again. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Learn how to activate the miracle. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. Need more fodder while arguing with your liberal friends? We've got you covered. AM 1170, The Answer. 
Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. You can listen to a recording of today's show with Mark Armitage um, tomorrow. And, um, uh, you know, if there's anything you didn't catch or you want to catch up on, I also want to encourage you to visit Mark's website, backyardmicroscope.com. You can also um, uh, support his GoFundMe project, which he wants to get back out into the field and uh, continue to find more and more soft tissue, and they're finding it uh, all over the place. And Mark, that's what I wanted to ask you about is, you know, you mentioned, uh, I think you said you, you found a frill, you found um, uh, something that had to do with the, the head of the triceratops, the, the bone in the head. Um, and, you know, when I read in the news and everything, this isn't something I, I see very frequently. Uh, once in a while, I'll I'll see this in the news, uh, but you said that this is happening all over the all over the place. Um, do you know, uh, you know, offhand of any more examples of this sort of a thing? And and um, is it just because people are biased that they kind of leave this out to the side, don't want to talk about it too much, or what's the what's happening there with that? Well, there there are a lot of uh, paleontologists who don't want to talk about this and who are sitting on it. In fact, I know of a lab. Uh, in well, I'm not going to say where it is, but it produces dinosaur bone slides. And my understanding is they're finding soft tissue in so many of the specimens that they're working with, but uh, but they just set it aside. They won't talk about it. They won't report it. But if you just Google dinosaur soft tissue, uh, a lot of resources will come up. And I think one of the best ones out there is Bob Enyart Live. Uh, he he has a whole chronological catalog. Of, of these soft tissue finds. It's a complete list of dinosaur soft tissue discoveries. And the most recent one he has here is soft tissue found uh, in a pre-Cambrian marine worm that's allegedly 530 million years old. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, so when you say Precambrian, what you're talking about here, and and for our listeners, um, if you look at the Grand Canyon, or you know, you study uh, geology, there are strata in the earth. You know, there's layers in the earth, and and the secular perspective is that each of these layers represents a different age or time frame, millions of years old. If you go down to the lowest level, you have what's called the Cambrian, which is uh, supposedly around 500 million years old, and Precambrian would be something that's even older than that. And yeah. so, so what you're saying is, is he's found uh, some sort of a worm that that has soft tissue in it that's supposedly over 500 million years old. Yeah, and it was published in the Journal of Paleontology. So this stuff uh, is passing peer review. It's being published. You know, thank God there are some journals that are still open to publishing this stuff. And uh, that's what we need to do. That's why my goal is to get out there and find this in as many different organisms as possible. And dinosaurs is what I'm focusing on because everybody loves dinosaurs. All the kids love dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. My, know, my, my son just, uh, my eight-year-old son just did a, a project on, a, uh, they had a whole dinosaur project and they had to do all these things. and. And, yeah, uh, it's so much fun to stand in a grocery line, and when people say, how are you? I say, I'm great. I went on a dinosaur dig. Suddenly, everybody in the line is looking at you. And then I start talking about what we found in the triceratops horn and soft tissue. You know, I can get to the gospel in 60 seconds after talking about <laughs> soft great. tissue and a triceratops horn. So, and that's what it's all about. It's about sharing Christ with people, sharing with them that these people have commandeered science. They've commandeered yeah you know, the age of the earth, and we can take it back with all this information. So that's why we need support to do this. That, that sounds the tit- like the title of a great book, Jesus and Dinosaurs. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, uh, Mark, um, can anybody go out to these, these dig places where, where you're finding this stuff? I mean, how, uh, do you have to be a paleontologist? I, I mean, it, it sounds like you're, you're going out there and just digging, digging and, and finding stuff. How does that work? Exactly. Anybody can do this. And uh, on, on my Backyard Microscope uh, uh, YouTube channel, so go to YouTube and search Backyard Microscope on episode one. And this, that's, this is the purpose of that YouTube channel, is to show people if they have a microscope and they could put a little lab together. On episode one, I showed them how to find these bones, how to dissolve them, how to get the cells out of them, and how to make slides and stuff with them. Yeah, anybody can do this. All, and, and I give the protocol right there. And, and all I did was study the papers. I'm not a paleontologist. I'm a microscopist. But I understand tissues, and I understand how tissues respond uh, to these protocols. And so that's all I did. And any Anybody can do this. 
Okay. And, and are there any, um, I'm hearing, uh, Montana seems to be like one of the, this is the Hell Creek formation, I believe that, uh, you found yours and also Mary Schweitz have found hers. Uh, is this like a a really popular place to, to be able to find dinosaur bones or are there other places around the world like that? There are places around the world, but the thing about the Hell Creek Formation is that it's been studied for so many years, maybe 100 years or more. So it's well characterized in the literature, and, uh, and many fabulous dinosaur finds have come out of the Hell Creek Formation. It encompasses four or five states, and it cuts up into Canada, so it's a large formation, and it's well understood, and, so, and, and many of the soft tissue finds have come out of there. So, so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for sites that are well-known, that are already characterized in the scientific literature so that people know, wow, that site we know of, and here now soft tissue is coming out of that site. So that's our goal, is to go to these well-known sites and to start, uh, again, pulling out soft tissues from new organisms that have never been studied before. Now, you said that, you said that the strata, you, or when you pulled out that triceratops bone, it was only like three feet under the ground. Um, so is that three feet under the ground in a real low, low quote, strata? Is that... Uh, well, well, the Hell Creek, the Hell Creek Formation has been uplifted, and so this was deeper, and it's been uplifted. But now, and, and it, it, you know, it was uplifted, you know, how many millions of years ago, according to them? I mean, yeah. it's been there for a long time. So it's been subject to the freeze-thaw cycle and to water dripping down in there, and to insects and microbes and plants. In fact, I have pictures of, of fungal hyphae, the fungal strands, running right past some of these beautiful cells that I found in the bone. So mm. these things were going after this stuff and it shouldn't be there. Yeah. Uh, now how, how, um, I mean, did you just get lucky that you happened to, you know, I mean, this is one of the largest triceratop horns uh, ever found. Is that correct? It was the largest horn uh, found on the ranch was a, which was a thousand acre plus ranch that we dug on. Okay. And, and so did you just happen to get lucky? I mean, uh, I mean, divine intervention here, but, but, uh, Can anybody go out there and they just dig around and eventually they're going to hit a dinosaur bone, or do you really have to know where to dig? Well, Triceratops is very common in the Hell Creek Formation. Now, you need permission. You need to go on a ranch that's willing to give you permission, and you shouldn't go onto Bureau of Land Management land uh, because they'll confiscate whatever you take. And so you need to obey the law. But get permission from a ranch owner, and there's there's actually a dig up in Montana that's Christian-owned, uh, called FACT, F-A-C-T, if you Google that. Uh, and they also have a dinosaur museum in Glendive. This is in Glendive, Montana, and uh, they they sponsor digs uh, over the summer, uh, which is when, you know, things aren't frozen. But, yes, everything we found, in fact, the frill that we found in the condyle, which is that softball-based bone at the base of the skull, uh, those were about a, a foot from the surface of the soil. So these things are right up at the top of the soil. They're not deeply buried, and they're not long bones. You know, remember, this all started when yeah. they started looking at long bones. Yeah. And, and now, they do found you... a T-Rex long bone, and it happened to crack into pieces, and some of those pieces made it back to the lab. And Mary's discovery, Mary Schweitzer's discovery, is really serendipitous. Mm. She had the, she, she made the technician re- repeat the... Uh, uh, the the uh, weak acid experiment many times to you know because she was so astonished about about it and didn't didn't believe her own eyes well yeah. you know what Mark I just want to thank you so much for being on the show it's been a real uh, honor to have you and um, again. Uh, Mark Armitage, his website is backyardmicroscope.com. There are so many ways you can get involved with what he's doing and supporting what he's accomplishing. Um, I, I think it's incredible. And uh, so, Mark, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. God bless you, and God bless your ministry. Thank you. Thank you. Next week, we're going to have Dr. Larry Poland of Master Media International on the show. Uh, incredible uh, man and uh, who has a ministry specifically to Hollywood, to the people who influence entertainment, to celebrities. And uh, he'll be on the show with us next week. Well, I'll, I'll see you next week. Have a great evening. Educate.
Advocate for Life with Kevin Conover, a regular feature on AM 1170, The Answer. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, exclusively on AM 1170, The Answer. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be. 